Hello, Pastor Steve Waldron with Biblical Archaeology Today. I am so very grateful you're here with us, and I'm extraordinarily thankful to be your host. Looking at the Sphinx and the death of the firstborn, the dream stele, we're on pages 58 and 59 of Unearthing the Bible by Titus Kennedy, 101 Archaeological Discoveries that Bring the Bible to Life. Been using it kind of as a base text. We get our resources from a myriad of different places, is if you followed us for any while, you know that. Occasionally, we'll get on a book like this. I've been a college professor for many years and kind of use it as a textbook. That's uh, We don't take any advertising dollars at this point, never have that type of thing, so we can do that. We're, we're not trying to make money. We're actually trying to promote great books like this and suggest everybody to get it, pass them out, copies. And this is just fantastic. So let's get started. Again, Titus Kennedy's book. Thanks for being here. Do check out our other podcast. And if this is your first time, welcome. And if you're a long-time listener, much appreciated. Thank you for being here. You're why we're here. And so the date is 1424 BC in Giza, Egypt. Yep, you may know what's in Giza. The uh, Sphinx and the Great Pyramid and other pyramids. The Sphinx dream stele was found set between the paws of the great Sphinx at Giza when the sands were uncovered and the whole monument was revealed. Now there's a footnote that I'm going to try to read. The steel was carved from granite. It was approximately, looks like 11.8 feet tall and 7.2 feet wide and, uh, and about 2.3 feet thick. If I was successful in reading that, Correctly, <laughs> very small print. Um, when the Egyptian hieroglyphs were translated, it was found to be a personal yet official text of Pharaoh Thutmose IV, who reigned in the 15th century B.C., was the son of Pharaoh Menhotep II. Whenever you see 15th century B.C., that's uh, quite likely when the Exodus occurred at some point, either at the beginning of that or towards the middle of that. But, you know, there's some quibbling on dates there. I would say all those are conservative biblical views. An illustrative scene appears at the top of the stele showing Thutmose IV making an offering to the great Sphinx. Below the stone inscription claims that while Thutmose IV was not, excuse me, out hunting one day, he rested near the great Sphinx, fell asleep and had a dream in which the god of the Sphinx delivered a divine message to him. Allegedly, Thutmose IV was told if he cleared the sand from around the Sphinx, the kingship would be given to him. The inscription indicates that Thutmose IV did not have a natural claim to the throne, forcing him to fabricate a divine promise in order to solidify his legitimacy uh, as the next pharaoh. Scholars consider this text to demonstrate that Thutmose IV was not the natural heir to the throne, but the death of his older brother, the firstborn, and original heir followed him. Uh, excuse me, allowed him to eventually become Pharaoh. And you've probably already picked up why that's significant because Pharaoh not only died, but Pharaoh's firstborn son died as well. In fact, Thutmose IV had an older brother named Amenhotep who was the heir, but he mysteriously disappeared or died. If Amenhotep II was the Pharaoh of the Exodus, then his firstborn son and heir, Amenhotep, would have died during the final plague, meaning that the next son in line would eventually take the throne 
The younger brother was Thutmose IV, who appears to have used divine propaganda to claim that the gods would grant the kingship to him as successor to his father, Menhotep II. Because he was not the original heir, this divine innovation would make his kingship appear more legitimate to the Egyptians. And, you know, I'm thinking so many things coming to mind, like Napoleon when he first gets to Sphinx. And that's been covered except for just a very little bit with sand over the years. Um, also, I mean, I think probably the devil can give dreams too. Um, I know I have nightmares on occasion. Um, so, okay, it could be divine propaganda. It could have been uh, a demonic spirit literally told him that. So, anyhow, we won't get into all the ins and outs of, we know God is the God of this world, Satan's little g God of this world, Satan comes to Jesus, the kingdoms of the world, whosoever I will, I give it to them, all on and so forth. So, I'm not just as readily to say, it was a total fabrication. Uh, he may have literally had this dream, even though it came from a lying spirit, a devil. Okay, well, so I'm going to try to read one more footnote. Let's see if I'm successful in this small print. Uh, the son and heir, Menhotep, was a priest of Ptah, P-T-A-H, according to administrative papyrus. But he is thought to have died young, although the details of his disappearance are not known from Egyptian documents, which when you have a dramatic defeat or any defeat, they tended to not record their defeats, um, only their successes. That old saying, to the victors lie the myths and the monument. Boy, that's totally true. I'm 57. The more I've studied history, the more I know that to be true. So not all history is true history. Some of it is hagiographic and uh, exalt certain people and denigrates others and uh, is not always accurate. And this obviously goes back to Sumerian times and all this. So God bless. Thanks for being here. Join us daily. Share with your friends, family, church, families. Maybe make a journal or notebook of things you find interesting. Also, leave a five-star review, please. It helps people find us. Share, put it on social media. Listen to our other podcasts that are on the channel, about 1,500 plus. We'll see you later. Bye-bye.